Kaori Mai, Kitane Hotaka. Welcome to the panel. On the program today, the latest on the COVID updates and crossing to Australia where New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian uh, has warned the number of COVID-19 cases could, quote, go considerably higher. Professor Tony Blakely with us on that. A survey of Christchurch Girls High School students has uncovered widespread sexual harassment outside the school and 20 cases of rape by individuals or groups. We'll discuss that just after 4.30. Also on the news, uh, the end is in sight for plastic items like cotton buds, straws, PVC and polystyrene food packaging and those little fruit labels. Kate Wee Meads is a waste minimisation expert. Kate's on the panel. And in a just released report, the US government has said it has no explanation for unidentified objects, but it has stopped short of ruling out aliens. So we discussed that on the panel. And also a musical about Charlie Chaplin cancelled over concerns about his womanising, scandalous life. Is it about time or yet another example of cancel culture? With me this afternoon, Michelle A. Court, writer, commentator, columnist and award-winning comedian, Michelle Kiora. Kiora, Wallace, lovely to be yeah, here. Yeah, great to have you on the programme again. And with us also, Connor English, Chairman of Agribusiness NZ and former CEO of Federated Farmers. Connor, uh, welcome to you too. G'day there, Wallace. Great to be here. Yeah, nice to have you. And with our story of the day, Caitlin Cherry. Kia ora, Caitlin. Kia ora. Uh, today I'm talking about packaging, but not about banning plastic packaging, although after you hear this, you probably will want to have some banned. So a writer for The Atlantic called Ian Bogost has been lamenting an example of what he sees as poor package design. So he reminds us of those... I mean, do you remember the old glass tomato sauce bottles? Well, yeah. For him, it was Heinz mm. ketchup bottles. and you had to whack, could have to whack the bottom really hard, and <laughs> bang, then bang, bang. tiny little bits would come out, and then a huge blob Blip. would come out and yeah. ruin your meal. Um, and he, he said, why is it that they went through the sort of middle stage of having those uh, cylindrical ones that you could kind of squeeze? Like you get the um, the ones that are red for sauce and uh, yellow for the mustard, you know? When they've and got brown the little, for barbecue. Yeah, and they've got the nozzle and they can make a line across your hot dog. He, sees, he thinks those are great, but he can't understand why there's now these sort of squeezable Heinz bottles that actually put too much tomato sauce on your meal so it splurges out and he's like why can't we just have the cylindrical shape with the fine tip nozzle to allow you to drizzle that fine line of sauce Um, and he can't understand why the company would employ such a design and it got me thinking about other examples of poor package design that we all have to deal with Uh, I'd love to hear the listeners suggestions of bad packaging and I'm not just talking about waste I'm talking about impossible packaging for example I don't know about you, Connor, but eyeliner pencils, very, very hard to open. Oh, come Connor. on. Absolutely. <laughs> Not something oh, I'm an expert in, I'd have to say. Trust us, Connor. It's, yeah. it's madness. Well, yeah. How infuriating. You almost have to chew them off. Yeah, and then you, you kind of end up almost cutting your pencil in half because you're getting in with a knife because, honestly, they are impossible to get the plastic off. Is, is that because they want you to buy another one pretty yeah. quickly? No, I, no, I don't know what it is. Yeah. The other one is dental floss, which is already in a plastic package, so I don't know why it needs to come with another plastic package on top of it. Toothbrushes. It took me a long time to discover that they've actually got a little tab in the back of the cardboard bit mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. can yeah. open them really easily. I used to cut yeah. them out. Uh, my biggest bugbear, though, is, you know, the cans that have the little ring to open. Yeah. Some of them are quite badly made, so you pull the ring up and it just comes off. So yeah. it's like, what's the point? Yeah. I've got one, uh, and that is the, the sardine cans. Uh, too sharp. I've cut 
been Ow, cut ow. considerably, you know, because it's too sharp. Yes. And the other one is uh, uh, like like the toothbrush, but it's battery. So if you buy a battery, as I did for the torch the, the other day, uh, so plastic in the front, cardboard at the back, you can't get it open. You can't bend it. So can I tell you what is the most Kafka-esque version of that blister pack nonsense, Wallace, is that once when I was um, travelling out of town, I needed a pair of scissors. I didn't have a pair of scissors <laughs> in my toilet bag, so I went to a bookstore and bought a pair of scissors that, of course, came in a blister pack that you could not open <laughs> without a pair of scissors. This is very a very common problem. Connor? Well, yeah, I, I um, sympathise with you on the scissors one. I mean, it, they obviously want you to buy two pairs of scissors. Yeah, but then you'd have to buy the third pair to get the second <laughs> pair so you could open the first this pair. This feels like a Dr. Seuss book, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, or a li- the little yellow digger. Uh, yeah, the other one is milk containers or substitute milk containers that when you pour, the liquid doesn't actually pour. It just runs down the side of the container. I mean, in fact, some jugs are actually badly designed like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and like the, you, you mean the Petra pack, the boxes of juice or milk. Yes, yes, sometimes oh, yes. they've got the little holes just, in the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just right. dribbles everywhere. That's right. I That's do right. wonder how many ACC injuries there are from people trying to get into difficult packaging. Mm. Like, because you do often go and get the knife and sort of start stabbing at things. I reckon there's probably, <laughs> they've probably got statistics on it. It's quite, it's quite dangerous. I mean, I really had... I was actually quite annoyed at the packaging when I tried to get these... I think it was uh, the D battery out, and I just, I just couldn't do it. But um, you wonder, Michelle, how people cope who, who maybe have... Yeah, arthritis or yeah. RSI, any of those things. I mean, with some things, the trick with the blister pack that's being particularly difficult is to use a cigarette lighter and melt your way into it. But you wouldn't want to be doing that if, you were, if there was something flammable inside the blister Karen's pack. Karen's texted in and I couldn't agree more. Infuriating patching. Why is the nozzle on the GIF bottle so small and blockable? Oh, it blocks the all the time. Size. Oh so my God, and you have to stick a fork <laughs> in down it because it gets this stuck. It's why I have kebab skewers <laughs> in my house, not because I ever make kebabs. It's just so I can get the GIF out of the bottle. What's with that? See, that's got to be a... Rect- uh, if, if, you, if you work for GIF, uh, there's your weekly meeting suggestion. Uh, Tony says Gillette Rays is impossible. Expand on that. Why are they impossible? Oh, yeah, because they're in secure packaging oh, as well. Oh, so and the other one is, um, you know, products that you know there's a little bit left in the bottom, but they've only got a tiny, tiny little hole. So if you could actually take, like shampoo, if you could actually take that top bit off and sort of put a bit of water in and give it a shake, mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. actually get, you know, five more hair washes out of it, but it's impossible to get that top off. Mm. Right, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's not on a screw. Yeah. Yeah, a top that's... Andy says, for decades, the small single cheese packers on New Zealand flights was a national bane. Um, (laughs) But I must say, that's my text of the week, the text of the day, rather. It's the GIF bottle, because, boy, that's... That's we've all felt that pain, big. and we've never shared that it's with big. each other before. This is <laughs> lovely to get this out in the open. I'm sure so there'd be a scene. Uh, Connor. I'm sure there'd be a bit of packaging on the farm there, which you you know you got to you got to try and get the scissors out. Um, some pretty sturdy packaging there. Well, look, there's packaging everywhere. Everything we get these days comes right. in packets, doesn't it? Mm. Tomatoes yes. coming in uh, plastic packets now, so even getting them open can be a challenge sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good, Caitlin. Uh, coming through. So uh, uh, loving your thoughts this afternoon. Sandwiches from bakeries wrapped so tightly you can't find the end to open it, <laughs> especially if you have short fingernails, uh, says Albert. Caitlin, kia ora. Thank you very much for that.
All right, it is time for uh, I've Been Thinking. Uh, Michelle, a call. Would you like to start? Yeah, I will. I just want to um, to say that I have had the um, most positive experience with getting my COVID vaccinations. And I know not everybody has, but I thought it was worth um, saying that my process has been nothing but great. I had my second vaccine yesterday. I'm in group three, so I'm a high-risk person. So you're done and dusted. I'm done and dusted. And honestly, the difference in how I feel it's so good. I've been getting really anxious because um, I spend a lot of time in big rooms with large numbers of people who have travelled, um, possibly using the you know the the bubble with Australia, um, and I'll spend a day or two days or three days with 500 people that I've never met before. So um, I was starting to feel like that was really risky for me. And now that I am vaccinated, I appreciate I can still be a carrier. And so I will still make sure that I do the masking and um, the sanitising and all of those good things. But I feel... But psychologically, so, you must yeah. feel a bit... Um, oh, a, a weight off your shoulders. Did you know what? When I got the first vaccine, I had a little cry. Not because it hurt. It doesn't hurt. It does not hurt at all. Um, but I just just felt this wave of relief. And yesterday, so I had it on midday on Saturday. I woke up at half past six yesterday morning, hot, feverish, achy, took two Panadol, went back to sleep, woke up feeling great. But I... You know, even that little moment where I went, oh, my body has just recognised that it's had the vaccine and it's doing what it needs to do and producing the antibodies and fighting this thing. I was so happy. It's quite historic, isn't it? Yeah. You you will look back on this time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and 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 tell others when you're uh, when you, when you're when you're in your very very I senior was, years. I was one of the first to yeah. have the COVID vaccine <laughs> in the first time we were doing those, and I remember polio, and now I'm not going to have that with this either. I don't know. You why. do that quite well. Thank you so much. <laughs> have you been practicing? No, I don't know where this voice has come from. I've never done it before. Uh, on and another note, golden syrup squeeze packs cannot be squeezed as the hole in the lid is too small. Well, my question there, uh, Connor, is since when did golden syrup yeah. come in squeeze packs? Wasn't it always in the tin? Yeah, absolutely. It should be in the tin. It's, it should be in the tin. <coughs> yeah. And, and then why, why is it in a squeeze pack? Well, I don't know, but you, if you have it in a squeeze pack, you miss out on putting your butter that you have on your knife back in the tin when you get the next lot of it to put on your toast. I mean, it's important that you have that butter, you know, we call it Cocky's Joy, actually, instead of golden syrup. Um, what, what did you call it? Cocky's Joy. So, so you know, Fantastic. Can I some, yeah, put some Cocky's Joy on my toast. <laughs> I love it. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's dodgy, but it's very good. <laughs> No, so I'm definitely I, I, for the tin, not for the, not for the I, uh, you know, toothpaste tube of it. things one learns on a Monday afternoon on the panel. <laughs> Cocky's Joy for, is Connor right? Has anyone heard of Cocky's Joy before? I don't know. Anyway, Connor, your turn, I've been thinking. Uh, well, look, I've been thinking about um, us blokes and uh, our sort of inability to get PSA testing for prostate cancer. You know, we've got a lot of screening now, uh, which is fantastic for other forms of cancer. Uh, and we also have for prostate cancer, which is a PSA test. But we're just not getting um, enough of these tests done. And, you know, 650 people die a year of um, prostate cancer. You know, it's twice the road toll. Uh, and I think one of the reasons for it is that you've got doctors who suggest that it's not a good idea for uh, guys who are you know, in their 50s to get a PSA test. And I was, I was in a classic case of that where my doctor said, don't get this test because uh, it'll create unnecessary stress. Right. Um, but the problem is that if you don't get it, uh, and then you eventually get it, and in my case it was four years later, mm. you find out that you might have a bit of cancer and it might have spread, and it does 
uh, create a bit of stress. I you, can tell you, you. You did a really great. Uh, you did a really great piece on this kind of last week, and I think it was the Herald. Uh, you go back four years later, and what happens? Well, I went back yeah four years later and, and took the test, and it was through the roof. And um, uh, and then I had you know biopsies and all sorts of things, and I've you know been doing chemo and radiotherapy and all that sort of stuff. Um, but if we'd had that test. Uh, you know, there's sort of a, sort of outcomes that aren't about unnecessary stress. If you if you get it and the answer's uh, negative, well, that's a great day because you know you haven't got uh, prostate cancer. If you get it and it's um, positive, and then you find out a bit later that it's negative, well, that's a even that's better another day. Party. Yeah. yeah. And then if you get it and it's positive, and then you further testing and find out it's positive, well, that's not necessarily a great day, but it's a very useful day because it yeah. means you can get onto it and. It's pretty simple, uh, you know. The earlier you get on to cancer, the greater your chances are of survival. You know, there's better clinical outcomes. So I guess I would sort of urge the doctors of New Zealand to just think a bit about it when they're saying to guys in their 50s, don't get a PSA test because that could be, you know, sentencing them to a, a far shorter life. So that's what I've been thinking about. On a personal note, did it come as a bit of a shock to your surprise? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah massive. Yeah, we, we, we didn't have uh, prostate cancer in our family that we're aware of. Yeah. And um, I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, the doctor, um, you know, was doing his best and, and giving me the advice he thought was the best thing for me. It just turns out that perhaps that wasn't the case. Kia ora, Connor. Well, it's a really good Wonderful. piece. And I do recommend, recommend you try and look it up. Uh, that's Connor English's piece on get, getting PSA tested. Michelle A. Court, Connor English this afternoon on the panel. There's a lot to discuss. Stay with us. Four to five. Right here.